Hello, babes, and welcome back to another grief podcast. Yay! Sadness. <laughs> but no, obviously, I want to talk about this. It's something that I got a lot of feedback about, and I want to continue talking about particular things. This week, I am going to be speaking specifically about triggers and occasions. I'm just going to kind of go on a little tangent. So I'm going to let the juices flow and whatever falls out of my mouth shall be. But I hope everyone listening, I hope you're all doing very well today. I had a thought about this one and I wanted to do this topic because it was recently Mother's Day and that was around the time of the last episode or whatever. So when I talk about triggers, I mean the things that we experience in our day-to-day lives that pop up and make us imagine or relive or feel or be sad, whatever feeling it is you feel when you experience it from something particular as a trigger. And triggers for me, they live forever. They could be anything from the smallest object in a room to a big occasion. It could be a feeling, it can be a smell, it could be a sound, a written word, anything. Anything can trigger you when you've lost someone that you love. It's the way we deal with and cope with them that I think a lot of people don't understand. And I don't think we understand it as much as we think we do either. But, you know, we learn to deal with these as much as they pain and hurt us. I think for most of us who are bereaved, we don't want to cause a stir or make normal life for those who haven't lost someone awkward around us. Um, It's just a part of living, really, isn't it? It's just... It's just simply that for us, we see things very differently. We gulp and continue on with life. You know, we just live on. Um, And so I'm going to talk about some triggers. And this, I'm not going to talk specifically about my own. I'm going to just, I'm thinking about other people as well. I don't just want to think inside, you know, I lost my mum and that's the only box I want to live in. If you're listening to this, you could be from any sort of grief. You could have lost a child. You could have had a miscarriage. You could have lost your dad, your siblings, a pet. You know, you could have lost anything that you deeply, deeply miss so much. And there is still triggers that take you back to memories and feelings that you experienced whilst they were alive and or dying. So I suppose particularly one that I don't particularly think about actually is children. And I don't know what it's like to be a, well, I think I'm a child, but I'm not. I'm just a grown child. But I can't imagine how hard it must be for children that have potentially like lost parents and trigger for them even in their own like safe space of a school you know I remember in school at Easter and at times of occasions and Mother's Day and stuff like that Father's Day you would do particular activities at school in relation to what the time of year was and I can't even imagine if I'd lost my mum whilst I was at school I would not have been able to cope it'd be like oh today children we're making a Mother's Day card I'd be like oh fuck (laughs) I mean, I doubt I doubt a 10-year-old saying, oh, fuck, but it's things like that that I mean, you know. It's that to all of the class is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make my mummy a card to that poor individual child or children that are in there. And it's, just, it's usually the small minority that have lost someone to death, you know. So I can't imagine even how that would feel, especially as a trigger as a child. You can just about deal with your own emotions on the playground, let alone that situation you know it it could also go to the extent of like a child as a parent losing someone at war not even just children to be honest you could be anybody you could be the partner of someone who went to war you could be anybody to anyone who's died fighting for their country and it could be as simple as sitting down with friends and hanging out watching a war film 
or playing a video game that's like war, like full spectrum warrior. But you know, it could be you go around a friend's house and they're like, oh, cool, I just got this really cool game. And it's, it's like war. And you're thinking, well, fuck, my husband died in war. My wife died in war. And you're thinking like, oh, shit. In your, in your brain, you're like, fuck, I don't want to be dealing with this right now. When I see war, I think of my dying wife or my dying husband or my dying brother, you know, sister. But for the person, they're like, oh, cool, video game. Because they've never had that experience of someone dying in war. So it's not even a trigger. It's not even a fault that crosses their mind, you know. They might even know what's happened to you. But it's not something that a person not going through it would know to, to look out for. Triggers can come in all, like, that's, that's a movie. That's a game. Triggers can come in all forms and shapes and sizes and all sorts of things. It might it might look really cool for them, you know, some bloke shooting an M249 out of a moving helicopter at a bunch of enemies meanwhile you're standing there thinking oh fuck death sadness don't cry don't cry go to the toilet so it it could be in loads of stuff like that but I think you know we learn to deal with these as much as they pain and hurt us I think for most of us who are bereaved we don't want to cause a stir so like in that situation we don't want to make it awkward we don't want to turn the movie off and ruin it for everybody we don't want you to turn the game off and never play it again whilst we're there we just, you know, that's life. And I think we know that personally. We know that life still moves on and, and people still celebrate and people still do things, regardless of the experience that you personally have gone through. We know that. So we we swallow, we move on. We swallow. Gail swallows. Sorry. <laughs> Not literally gal swallows. It's from a scary movie. But, you know, we, we just continue with life. We take a big gulp, should I say, and we move on we deal with it we cope we're not going to ruin it for you we're not fucking fun sponges oh I'm a, i know some of us might be but we're not all like that but you know someone could say something that to you isn't relevant to them at all but it's not relevant for what they said this particularly i have a i have an example for this but this is why and now this is directed to people that haven't experienced grief this is to you folks you know you probably may think well it's been eight years it's been 10 years whatever why why are they still having these triggers it is because once again it's it, it, that is the whole point you know that's triggers and time is not a thing you know that's time isn't there to get rid of these triggers either i spoke previously about how time is not a fucking healer time is like a let's cope and deal with it in our own kind of way situation you move with your grief at the same time it doesn't dwindle or get easier so no matter how long, no matter how much we go through life, 20 years from now, I know for a fact I'm still going to have the same triggers that I have now. And it's because it lives forever. And and you will understand that one day, you know, we're all going to go through this and triggers can be tied to so many things. A trigger of mine is the hospital. And I spoke about that in my previous grief podcast about how I cry on the bus or whatever when I go to work. But you know, the bus pulls into the station at the hospital and I can literally envision myself everywhere I walked that day, where I was, who I sat with. As that bus pulls into that station, I can see myself sitting outside on the wall with my cousin. I can see the time after my mum had passed away and we were all in the cafeteria where we exited through the side door and then started to say goodbye to all my family. And then I can see where me and my dad walked away from my family and walked down the side of the hospital. I can see and envision everyone that was there, everyone who participated in that moment, and myself walking and acting and reliving that entire moment. And that's all because I just went to work. So that's why I cry, because I'm like, fuck, it's such a bad day, because then it leads, like, triggers can lead to more things. Not only do I see myself outside with my cousin, 
I also see myself inside and it leads to other things and other things, bad things, sad things, back to wherever. And then, you know, I come out of the thing, cry a little bit, and then I'm at work, job done. Um, And that happens twice a day when I go to work and come back from, from work. But I also get triggered by the word cardiac arrest. So that's like a a strange one. That's a a very common thing, I suppose you would hear. And that that particular word sticks with me because I remember the doctors telling me that she had several cardiac arrests. And that word just triggers me deeply. If I hear it in a a movie or in a TV program or on the radio or in the news, my first thought when I hear cardiac arrest is my mum on that slab thing. It could be a word. And and it's that, that them things make me avoid watching like 24 hours with A&E. And I loved them programs, but I particularly try to avoid them now just because they're a negative trigger. They're not like a fun one. They're not a nice one at all. But like this is where I go on to say, you know, that's not a fun one. It, it's sad. And it sounds sad, but grief can actually have its positives. Um, of course, the negatives outweigh, <laughs> of course, but it's not always a bad thing when you get transported back in time to a time that you remember because of one of these triggers. There's something sometimes very beautiful about hearing a song or smelling a smell and being taken back to a time when they were here. You get to relive a little piece of happiness. Them times are really special, you know. So I would especially say cherish them. That is probably one of the only pros and wonderful moments (laughs) because losing someone is not great and you go through a lot of turmoil afterwards no one ever really says there's pros there is pro that's a pro that you know sometimes these triggers can be wonderful they may make you cry but they're like them sad happy tears it's not like devastation where you have that cry sometimes you like break down it's like a happy I'm so sad I miss you but I'm so happy because I remember how happy we were when we were screaming I don't want to miss a thing on the way home from work together you know it's like I wish I could relive it but I'm so happy I remember it and I'm getting sad (laughs) so you know it's beautiful happy cries that are sad but they're happy and it makes no fucking sense but it makes sense if you understand me (laughs) so a load of triggers honestly there's there's so many things that I could go on about and talk about, you know, my mum had a lot of songs and it's it's very like obvious songs as well. Like my mum had Nelly is getting hot in here as a going out song at a funeral. And that is always, you know, associated with fun times. So even in clubs and stuff and like when you're out, people are like, oh, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. My first thought is me going to put a rose of my mum's coffin, you know. A lot of people are thinking, oh yeah, that time I got well pissed at the club to that song, it's great, took off all my clothes. I'm like, yeah, imagine in my mum's coffin. <laughs> Don't, I'm not the same wavelength, babes. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's the things like that. This is one. This is one that triggered me early on because I hadn't heard this sound for a while. Now, my mum always used to wear slippers all the time and we've got like laminate flooring. So as she walked, it would go like the sound of slippers walking on like, laminate floor but like sticking but not sticking if you get what I mean um and after my mum passed away I hadn't heard that for ages and then out of nowhere a few months later my dad decided he wanted to wear slippers so I was upstairs and I heard and my first thought was fuck my mum's alive oh my god and then I just realized it was my dad downstairs shuffling about and it was like the worst trigger so I hate the sound of slippers walking about on laminate flooring because it reminds me of my mum going to dish up an Indian or something so things like that all the time I stumble across things um it was only recently my partner has taken on my mum's car my dad recently got 
a newer car and my partner kindly decided to take on my mum's Ford Fiesta, which is something that, you know, triggers me deeply every time that car is parked outside the house. When I arrive from home, for me, that car being at home, because my mum was always at work, if that car's outside the house, that means my mum's home. So for a long time after, to myself, I'd walk home, even to be fair with my partner, I arrive at my house and go, oh, my mum's home. But she's not though, because she's dead. But (laughs) out loud to myself and to my partner, I'm like, oh, my mum's home. (laughs) Because it's what I always used to do. And I will always do that for as long as that car's parked out there. It's not now, because it's now been, that that one spot has been replaced by a blue mini, which is obviously not my mum home. Um, But I will keep that fucking fiesta going forever. Bertie will live on. Um, And I always said, if I can't keep him forever, he's been buried in the garden. So it's like weird triggers. Like, how can I go from being triggered by the word cardiac arrest to a car, you know? And I think that's the same for a lot of us. I don't know personally what all your you guys' triggers are. I can imagine sometimes they're bittersweet. Sometimes they're difficult and hard. Some are definitely harder than others. Even still now, actually, I... Even for my nan, I can't listen to Against All Odds by Phil Collins because it reminds me of my nan's funeral. I have a big tie to music. I feel like music has always been a very big part of my family, a big part of my life. My granddad, he loved the the song Love Shack by the B-52s. And, you know, that that triggers me. I I can't really listen to that song much. It can be anything. Smells, my mum's perfume I still have and I wear. She used to do this thing in hospital where just as I'd because I'd do like her beauty regime at the end so I'd brush her hair and like cream her face and stuff for her and the last thing she'd want is her perfume and she'd want two sprays on her neck and then she would shut her eyes and go and just inhale and you could see her cherishing that moment so every time I smell and wear my mum's perfume I shut my eyes and take a big breath in because I just think it's one of those things it's just one of those things I do because it's a trigger for me so that's how I deal with it but you know on to occasions So occasions for us all, when you lose someone you love, it's a bit shit, not going to lie, especially if you're a younger person and you used to get presents. (laughs) I'm only kidding. Not that presents mean a lot. I'm I'm never been a materialistic person. Our family has never had a lot of money. My mum always made sure that her children were happy and had what they could have. But, you know, it was never the best of everything. She did what she could to make us happy. And she knew us inside now, all of us. She all knew what we loved. Um, and this this is what makes me sad. So, so like, we've got Mother's Day, we've got Father's Day, Valentine's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas, New Year's, death days, Halloween, whatever days were special to you on a vacation, holiday, whatever, wherever you are in the world, in case you're in America and it's like a holidays. Holiday for me is like going away abroad. Holiday for an American. All oh, the holidays, Thanksgiving, you know? So just in case there was a different thing there you know any sort of occasion a birthday whatever whatever day was special to you and that meant a lot to you and you had loads of involvement with your passed away loved one during that time and whatever day that might be I fucking feel you man like I really do I I really feel you on them days there's literally no occasion anymore that is the same personally for me I literally forget Pancake Day exists because my mum was the only one that ever made an effort with Pancake Day. She'd be like, oh, it's Pancake Day tomorrow. And I'd be like, oh, yay, or whatever. She would already be buying the stuff a week before, you know. But now, because not only I don't go outside another year, well, last year I forgot anyway, but this year everyone's like, oh, it's Pancake Day tomorrow. I'm like, what? When? And they're like, yeah, it's everywhere. Have you not seen it? I'm like, well, no, I don't go outside. And two, 
I don't have a mum anymore to tell me it's pancake day. <laughs> it's not even a big occasion, but, you know, that's like one of the things that's changed for me. I'd like literally nothing's the same for me. Um, my birthdays are very different. My dad's not the best at gifting and he does his best, but he's not like great at it. Um, my mum took control of all sorts of like occasions for birthdays and Christmas. My mum was in charge of taking care of everyone for that time. So once my mum did pass away, my birthdays changed significantly. I went from getting a card and a, a main present because already like a month before she'd be like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? Mummy's going to get you something. What do you want? And I'd already be like, oh, mummy, I want this. And, you know, she'd be working on trying to find the best deal to get the cheapest version of that. <laughs> and on top of that, she didn't just only get me like a main present that I had asked for. I'm very lucky and blessed. You know, a lot of people don't have this in the world, but she would go and make an effort to get me stuff that I personally like. I was very lucky that I spent a lot of time with my mum. I, I woke up to go to work with her, was at work with her all day, come home with her and then was with her all evening. So I pretty much spent every hour of every living day with my mum. Um, so she knew me so well and we watched everything. Everything I liked to watch, my mum liked to watch. So in the evenings when my dad went to bed, we'd watch programs together like The Walking Dead and we'd watch them all together and it'd be like the best because it'd be like we'd catch up together and do all this stuff. So she knew the ins and outs of my likes, my dislikes, what I loved and I without even having to say anything for Christmas and birthdays I'd get Walking Dead stuff, I'd get things I loved and that only someone who knew me so well would be able to get me. I don't receive that anymore. Um, It's only that this year because of my partner um, that I actually received that. I think she knew how hard holidays were for me in that big change. Not because I, I I'm not materialistic, like I said again. It's not a matter about that, but I think that was what my mum did at them times. So that's what triggers me more. Not that I'm not getting presents. Oh, oh, I'm not getting presents. I'm a stroppy bitch. It was more, that's how my mum did them occasions. That was the occasions to me. And that is the part that I missed, not the receiving of the gifts, the receiving of things that someone knows me so well and knows what I would like and things like that. So uh, the last Christmas just gone, my partner spoiled me rotten and got me all the things that my mum would probably have got me, um, which was lovely. And it really touched me because I'm, I'm very lucky to have experienced that again. And it's not the same, but it's still, she did it with a lot of love behind it. And I'm very lucky to have her for that. It is difficult going from having someone that you know knows you so well to having like my dad my dad's not a deep thinker me and my mum used to have very deep conversations about things I try and get deep with my dad he's like oh don't be silly Emma you know like he can't grasp the thought of a deep conversation whereas me and my mum we were connected on such a level it's just so strange not having that anymore especially on occasions like I say like they're so different and even on reversal for my mum's birthday and for mother's day and, and Christmas and stuff she was always a nightmare like I think a lot of people dreaded buying for my mum at, at Christmas and birthdays she was actually really easy and simple to buy for when you think about it but everyone was just petrified on mother's day and things like that it would always be like oh is mum gonna like these slippers is mum gonna like this pajamas what's gonna happen secretly I think she liked it all I was, I've was. i always been the naughty child 
Um, so f- I would do things like for my mum's 50th, I baked her cookies and made her willy cookies. I always used to get her things with willies on. <laughs> it's just funny, childish, stupid things. But she completely understood the humour behind it and she would join in. Uh, for Christmas, I think the last Christmas she had, I got her a willy colouring book and pencils. So like even not being able to do stuff like that with my mum on her birthday and Mother's Day. There was one birthday, me and my sister, we went, my mum was in the living room on the corner sofa. We filled up a bunch of balloons. We went in there, played the Party Boy theme song from Jackass and threw loads of balloons at my mum and started Party Boy, you know? <laughs> like, there were so many great things that we were able to do and experience with mum that we don't have anymore. And that's what sucks the most. And and it can go everywhere, you know. It can even go with Father's Day. Not that I've lost my, my dad, but my mum on Father's Day would... we got to go to Grandad's tonight because we've got to go see Grandad it's Father's Day or it's Grandad's birthday. And me and my mum would head to Grandad's and we'd see him. And, you know, both my Grandad and my mum have passed away. So it's like things like that could even trigger something. But I do think you can celebrate these and keep them as a celebration day, even without them here with us i buy my mum cards um and i put them with her ashes i write letters i put them on balloons and send them off to the sky you know whatever you do you do whatever it is you want to do on that occasion we all find our own way of coping so whatever it is don't be ashamed of it you do you boo just however you want to cope because we're all going to deal with it in our own way we've all lost a significant person and that has affected all the occasions throughout the year Whatever date or whatever occasion it was and however you want to learn to deal with it, if you don't want to do anything and you want to shut off from that occasion, you know, if that is healthy for you, then you do that. That personally isn't the healthiest thing for me to do because I struggle. This year so far, I have struggled the most. The previous years, I actually celebrated my mum's birthday and things like that by sending balloons off or getting a cake and things like that. This year, for me, um, Mother's Day and my mum's birthday, I completely neglected I didn't want to think about it. I was really upset this year, like really sad, down. And I didn't know how to deal with it for some reason this year. All the years before I've celebrated it, you know, like let's keep it a party. Mum would have wanted it to be happy. But this year I did the complete opposite. I went completely shut down on it all this year. And I don't know why I done that. I think it was just, especially emotion wise, been up and down a bit this year. And I think I just didn't want to deal with the sadness, even though I, I, even though I create a celebration for it, it was strange this year. But you know, do however you want to do, celebrate it however you want to celebrate it. Don't let people make you feel like, oh, that's weird. Like, oh, you know, speaking to your your dead mum, or oh, you're speaking to your dead child. Oh, that's a bit weird. It's not weird. There is no right or wrong to how you personally deal with occasions. For some reason, as humans in this century, this is a side topic. For some reason humans now everyone wants to please you know not everyone some people are big middle finger up you know fuck you but I think most of us want to please other people especially on occasions where we show up to make people happy um but listen babes right if you aren't feeling it then you don't go and you can deal and cope with these situations as you please because one thing I've actually learned as I've got older and I realized that I'm not a child at school anymore saying oh miss I can't do this because with a long explanation I've learned that 
you haven't got to give an explanation. You haven't got to justify yourself to anyone anymore. You don't have to tell people why you don't want to go somewhere or why you don't want to celebrate an occasion. You know, you don't have to give someone validation to explain to them why you aren't comfortable to go somewhere during an occasion or participate because, you know, of what you've got going on. You know, just say no. Don't feel like you have to. And on top of that as well, just say no, but don't be a dick about it. If you if you don't want to go, you are allowed to say no to whatever you want to, you know, occasion wise. They're hard on us. And if you don't want to go and you think it's going to fuck you up mentally because you can't get there or whatever, just don't do it. You know, don't be a dick. Don't be like, no, I'm not coming. Ugh. But like, say just no, I don't want to go. Soz, I'll see you another time. Or on top of that, you could always just say, yeah, I'll come along, but only for a little while. I can't stay long. So that gives the window to exit. You haven't got to stick around if you don't want to, you know. And if you stay longer because you enjoy yourself, then great. That's the best thing ever. So however you want to deal with occasions, you cope with them. I tried to do a little bit of research about occasions related to grief. And all I found was people who were like, ooh, the five stages of grief. Let me tell you how you should deal with grief. Ooh. And you know what? We fall for it all. And all of us who have lost someone, I bet we, I could bet you at home now, you have sat there and you've listened to all the bollocks about the top tips to cope and all this nonsense. I bet you're listening at home and myself included. We've sat there and we've listened to all the bollocks about top tips to cope and like all this fucking nonsense. Do you know what I say? Fuck your top tips. Fuck your five stages of grief. What the fuck are five stages of grief anyway? When my mum died, I was a fucking shambles. So, you know, it's just living. It's just life. This is all what we experience and it's never a particular way or a planned route. It's a fucking mess that we as humans figure out all on our own. And, you know, we may be guided by the experience of others, but in the end, we still deal with it alone and we find the best way to cope for us. And I think that is the most important part. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to stay strong. You've got this because you're not going to be strong for all of it. And you don't got this. <laughs> Just for these occasions, for these triggers, you find your way. You will find your way. I'm not going to tell you how you will find it. You, It's up to you to do that on your own. But eventually, once you get there, you will find a happy medium and you'll try to learn and to cope and deal however it is you deal. But don't let that stop you from living life. Because that that is, you've got to remember, right? Life is only temporary. You get this one shot. You get this one chance. You lost someone you loved. And they definitely, if they could tell you now, they'd be like, fucking have the best time ever. I know it's sad. I know I'm gone. But please go live your fucking life. Have the best fucking time, babes. You know they would say that. And I mean, if they wouldn't, then that's sad. Because then they obviously didn't have a great outlook on life either. (laughs) You know, I just want to, I do this podcast because I want to create a happy, safe space, a non-judgmental space, a place where I could say whatever I want. And those who want to listen, listen. And those who don't, well, they don't. This place is a safe space. And for anybody who wants to interact with me and talk to me about anything, you are welcome. Honestly, please get in touch with me. Tell me what it is. Tell me your triggers. Tell me your occasions. I am open to listen to everybody's shit. I don't mind. You are you are all listening to my shit, so I'll happily take yours. But yeah, that's a that's a little bit about triggers and occasions. I don't know what else to say, babes. <laughs> but I hope you found this well, and I, I hope it, this finds you well, and I hope you can take some of what I've said on board. You know, I'm not trying to dictate. I'm not telling you. I'm not top tipping you. Top tips on how to get over dead people. You know, I'm not doing that. 
just discussing. And if if you find pieces of what I say and it resonates inside you, fucking fabulous. But that is the end of Triggers and Occasions today. I hope maybe you found something in there that, you know, might might make you have a little think about your triggers and occasions maybe differently maybe not but you know do whatever you want with this as you will have a fun (laughs) but I can only thank you for listening my dears and I really do I hope you're well please look after yourself I say it a lot try not to eat cake because you'll end up fat that is one of my triggers (laughs) eat a cake (laughs) try and stay healthy where you can try and look after yourself honestly life is what you make it keep yourself safe look after yourself that's the most important part Love the ones you love around you. Live your best experiences. Do you know what? Live your best life, boo. And I will um, see you when I see you. But yeah, this is the second part to the bereavement podcast. But if you are only here for the bereavement stuff, then that's cool. But if you do want to get involved in some of the other stuff, we do talk about a bunch of other stuff. I recently did one about sex, which is a bit naughty. Don't, I wouldn't listen to that if you were a family member because I say a bit of naughty things. But um yeah, we talk about drugs. Zombie apocalypse will be last week now, actually. So, you know, crack on with whatever you want to do. But by the way, if there's anything you wanted me to talk about in specifics, because I know I have a way with words, you know me. <laughs> um, if there's anything you would have actually liked me to talk about in regards to bereavement and grief, just hit me up. Let me know, because I will rant about a topic forever. Till next time, take care, live life. Beep boop, chupa chupa, whoop whoop. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye.